Hey, this is Matt Beckwith with the Winning with Beckwith podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to provide sales, business, and leadership information to help individuals in all walks of life. Each episode is unique, and we will bring some of the top leaders and business owners to the podcast to share what they have learned and are learning as well as myself. So thank you for tuning in. Welcome everyone to the next episode of Winning with Beckwith. This is officially episode 10. What was that? Congratulations. Thank you. Um, So, um, gosh, I'm just so thankful for all the listeners. And I've actually ran into a couple of you randomly uh, out in the streets and just got a lot of positive feedback from you. So I appreciate that um, because it helps me know that what we're doing here is actually helping people. And so keep doing that and then comment and share and um, let your friends know about the podcast if you think it'll help their life. So this episode, I actually have a former guest on, one of the original guests. I can't remember what episode that was, but she's actually going to co-host with me today, which is amazing, right? Exciting. I'm excited about this. Somehow I talked her into it. (laughs) Um, So I'm excited. This is Cynthia Lewis, and um, on our previous episode, we talked a lot about scaling her business. Uh, she's a loan officer at OVM Financial, actually your branch manager. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank Recent, you. Recently promoted, and yes. she runs a team of how many people again? We are nine. We're a team of nine now. Yeah. And a couple of independent LOs, so we're growing. She is growing, and, it, and it's just been amazing. So if you haven't checked out that episode where we talked about her specific business, check it out. It's definitely worth a listen. Uh, for this episode, we're basically going to be co-hosts. We're basically partners in this. Nice. It's going to be great. Um And so what I did and and what my team did is we actually reached out to some loan officers uh, at OVM and and some of you listeners outside of OVM and asked you guys, hey, what kind of questions do you want to ask me? Because I do spend a lot of time interviewing the guests and obviously they're all amazing, like like you. Um, you. But every time I ran into somebody like, hey, I'd like to hear, you know, what you have to say about a couple of things. And, And trust me, during those episodes, I inject my thoughts. Um, but I try to make sure that we get as much as we can out of the guests. And so your podcast, if you didn't, (laughs) yeah. So basically, I don't know if we're partners, but Cynthia may be the host going forward. And and (laughs) after this, you should start your own podcast because you, because you are amazing. Hmm, Thank you. That's a good idea. (laughs) Great idea. So yeah, the show's yours. Awesome. Well, one, I'm so excited, (laughs) right? Because I, it's a privilege and an honor, um, Matt is not just somebody I work with, but someone I do consider a dear friend, but also someone I look up to. So this is exciting for me, not just being on a podcast, but being able to pick your brain and ask some questions myself that I have always wondered over the years. So, yeah, and it's important to know, sorry to cut you off, yeah. that I did uh, see the questions, but I didn't really read them. So I'm really going off the cuff. I wasn't prepared. So hopefully that uh, works out for the better. It'll work no, out. You never know how that's going to work out. Though. It'll work out <laughs> great because I may change some of these questions. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but so, yeah, let's get started. Um, definitely getting to know you. So I would say one of the first questions is in getting to know you and who you are and your business is what actually got you into the mortgage business? How did you end up walking down the path that you're on today? Wow. So... Getting into the mortgage business was totally luck. Okay. All right. So I didn't go to college and um, study mortgages. I don't think that exists. I don't think it exists. (laughs) There's no mortgage major. They should create that soon. Um, (laughs) But I actually went to college. My original plan is I wanted to be an attorney. Okay. I can see that. uh, You know, so I went down that path and was a history major. 
studied history and pre-law and got towards my senior year and started to prepare for the LSAT, the mm -hmm. exam you need to do to get into law school, looking at law schools. And I started to look at the cost, to be honest with you, <laughs> of law school. And it was expensive. Yes. And so I had already <laughs> spent a lot of money on college. Right. And I just started doing more and more research. And I think, honestly, because I think that I loved the idea of being an attorney, Mm -hmm. um, because at that time of my, my life, I wanted to make as much money as possible. Right. And so when you watch movies and you watch TV, it seems like attorneys are the high-paying people. High paid people. So I started doing more research, and I realized that, yes, attorneys do make good money. Right. Um, after they do you know, three more years of law school at a very expensive price. Mm -hmm. But they still have to hustle and grind just like everybody else. Mm. You still have to work hard. You still have to go out there and basically market yourself to get clients. It's no different than any other business. Any other and so I honestly just decided that, hey, I don't want to um, be an attorney anymore. And so I started out with the illustrious job of telemarketing timeshares. <laughs> and... I realized real quickly that I was good at talking to people. And so um, being there, basically all we did was call cold calls mm -hmm. and try to get people to go to the resort, right? And so out of a room of 40 plus people within, you know, the first 30 days, I was number one. And so there were some old school guys there, you know, the old school telemarketers, and, mm -hmm. you know, they're telling me, you got to get into sales. And I'm like, what does that even mean? Because <laughs> I, my plan was to be an attorney. And so I just started doing research and, and I, didn't find mortgages right away. Right. I found door-to-door um, -door insurance sales first, oh. um, <laughs> which was uh, which was a great learning experience. Absolutely. I feel like once you do that, everything else is easy. Great, so. <laughs> way to cut your teeth. great way to cut your teeth for sure. Yeah, so started doing that, and then um, once that kind of didn't pan out, you know, I'm gonna skip a couple jobs in between there. I had an interview. Uh, for a mortgage company and didn't even know what it was, but I went in there and killed the interview. There you go. <laughs> Got the job. And the rest is history. I'm bought, yeah, <laughs> very humble about that, but you know, I killed the interview. I had a great leader, and I mentioned her on my first podcast. Her name was Julia Brown, and, um, but started out household finance in the mortgage business. So I know that was a, a little. Um, long-winded answer, but that's how I got into the mortgage business. No, that Completely was great. Completely No, and I think it's funny. I think um, a lot of people in this business probably share that same background. Unless you grow up around it or know about it, most loan officers I've ever talked to, including myself, it's just something we stumbled into. Yeah. It was like, I didn't want to go to school anymore. I wanted to be a um, industrial organizational psychologist until I saw Whoa. the pay and the cost. And I was like, well, I don't even know what that is. So. <laughs> It's a fancy word for a lot of work with little <laughs> yeah. Not necessarily, but a lot of schooling, and I wasn't built for it. Yeah. So um, stumbled in exactly like you. So cool, great. So it's, we see how you've gotten into where you are today. We see how you've gotten into the field. So now tell us, I guess, how do you maintain You know, all that you've done? How do you, sales is tough, right? You overcome, we deal with a lot of objections, you deal with a lot of rejection. Yeah. How have you over the years maintained the mind frame and the mindset to kind of keep pushing through all of that and constantly grow every year? Yeah, that's a great question. So I feel like this is uh, kind of ties into what we were talking about before we started recording. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember my losses. Smart, okay, <laughs> so, smart. Uh, it's, it's a good thing and it's a bad thing, but 
for some reason over the years, I've just learned to block out the negative things. And so in sales, I feel like that's just a great quality to have. But I, I started to really reflect over the last few years, like what made me like that? Because mm-hmm. I don't think you're born like that. And I think a lot of it came down to sports. Okay. And so I played high school and I played college soccer and I played uh, goalie. And so really you can relate this to any sport, but as a goalie, you're the last line of defense. And when you get scored on, it's easy to kind of get down on yourself mm-hmm. um, and uh, reflect on it and constantly think about what you could have done to prevent that from happening. Right. And kind of just get spiral out of control. Well, meanwhile, there's still a game going on. And so if you're constantly just focused on that goal that just happened, the next time you have an opportunity to make a save um, or to gather the ball, you're not going to be at your peak level. And so mm-hmm. I honestly think just... And I wasn't always perfect at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think over the years, I think that was part of why I ended up forgetting my losses because um, in sales and really in business, when you do have a loss, you gotta learn to draw a line in the sand mm-hmm. and step over that line and leave that behind you. Because at that point, there's nothing else you can do. And it really comes down to just having a neutral mindset. Mm-hmm. And so we talk a lot about having a positive mindset, which I think is great. Um, you definitely don't wanna have a negative mindset. Um, but you got to get back into neutral where you understand that you probably could have done something better. Right. Right. But you don't reflect on it. You don't let it hold you back from doing good the next time that opportunity comes. Gotcha. Gotcha. So one of the things I actually kind of took from what you said, which was really good, was even in the wins and the losses at that time, keep your head in the game. Yeah. No matter what. And then, like you said, after it's all said and done, after the game is over, draw your line in the sand, forget your losses, and then kind of keep moving forward. And that's definitely important, I think, in this business because there are so many things that our success plays into our yeah. success, right? Market conditions, partnerships, relationships, that everything is not always in our control, but we do have to keep moving on and keep kind of pressing towards the goal. And like you said, forget the losses. I'm going to actually start doing that. <laughs> that's actually a really good one. So with that, you know, we get your mindset. Now, what yeah. are some of the day-to-day things you do, right, to kind of keep yourself sharp, keep yourself motivated, keep yourself pushing? You know, what are like some of your daily habits? That, that's such a good question. So I believe a, a, a good morning routine is key to success in any business. And, mm, you know, for me personally, I'm constantly reevaluating my morning routine. It's funny because I, I keep notes on my phone. Um, of my of my times to start. What time am I waking up? What mm-hmm. time am I reading my Bible? What time am, am I journaling? And so I'm constantly reevaluating, partly because me, my schedule's always changing. Mm-hmm. I have four daughters uh, still at the house, and mm-hmm. I have to take them to school and do different activities with them. And so always trying to find that time to carve out um, in my morning routine. Uh, working out is a big piece of it um, that I believe in. But the biggest thing for me is is taking the time to read the Bible, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not, I always tell people this, like, I think if you go into reading the Bible, the Bible does give you specific revelation and wisdom. And I do believe that, Absolutely. but sometimes just being in, in the Bible and reading the Bible on a regular basis, you may not get any direct wisdom from that, but God's constantly speaking to you as you go out go throughout your day when you start that day with the, with the Bible. So centers you. that's what I do, you know, to get my day going and, and make sure it's going to be a good one. Now, get a little more specific if you can. Like, yeah. for example, what time do you get up? This is something I've been asking a lot of uh, high-level performers, I'll say, throughout this year, just kind of structuring my own morning. I've yeah. gotten this new thing where I'm getting up about 4.30. Okay. <laughs> 
it's a challenge, but I'm actually finding myself to be way more effective. I get so much more done in the day, yeah. um, and it makes time for my morning, my devotions, you know, getting able to get into work and get just a good flow. So what hour of the morning do you typically Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I'll tell you that it changes. That's, okay. <laughs> it changes a lot because I'm always evaluating that morning routine. Mm -hmm. And I, I do think sleep is important. Absolutely. And so I think I've read a ton of books where they talk about these successful CEOs or these business owners that do get up at 4.30 or some of them get up at 3.30 and they go to the gym for two hours and they come home and, you know, read a book for an hour. And, and listen, everybody's different. <laughs> right. And I, that's what I truly believe. And you have to figure out what, what works best for, for you, you when it comes to what time you wake up. Because I think it's great you wake up at 4.30 and that works for you. All right, I can't do 4.30. Anything that starts with a 4 is not for me. Um, <laughs> even if it's 4.59, I'll set my alarm for 5.02. Gotcha. Just so it starts with a 5. So to I answer your you. question, I usually get up around 5. Okay. Yep, I usually get up around 5. Again, with the kids, I had to find the best quiet time when things are still calm because once they get up, um, I don't know, people with multiple kids, you probably know this, but when they're getting ready for school, I mean, it's it's organized chaos right. in the morning. And there's imagine. no reading going on. <laughs> <laughs> it's just helping them get out the door. And so for me, I like to get up around five-ish. Um, and again, I do believe sleep's important. So I, I think if you get into a, a situation where you find yourself up a lot later, mm -hmm. then maybe five's not the right time for you. True. You just have to kind of organize your your time around to make sure you're getting good sleep. I actually been talking to my oldest daughter about this because you know she's a sophomore in high school and she's feeling the pressure of getting good grades and she um actually in the last this week had pretty much a meltdown right oh. and so if you're watching this right now sorry but that's just like <laughs> um and it was a lot to do with um you know just a lot of schoolwork but you mm -hmm. know I started talking to her and I realized that she wasn't getting enough sleep mm. and she was. You know, she would stay up till 12 and 1 like teenagers do, and then she'd set her alarm for like 3.30 to do an assignment. Oh, my god! And then she'd go back to sleep for an hour, and then she'd set her alarm, you know, for 6.30, start getting ready for school. And I'm like, you can't do that. All right, you got to sleep straight through the night. Right. And so don't set your alarm and try to do an assignment. Finish what you can. Ideally, you want to go to bed before midnight. Right. That's what I told her for teenagers. And then sleep straight through the night until you have to wake up and get ready for school and so she started that today and she said she felt great this morning so awesome that's good awesome that is good so ideally we can definitely all agree that you know sleep is probably one of the most important things but for high level performers producers you know business people entrepreneurs you would also maybe attribute that that time in the morning to yourself right to focus yeah. to kind of just get centered on what the day is going to be about and what your goals are is definitely kind of key for you and has been one of your I mean that's honestly practices. where I do a lot of my, my planning for the future is okay. that quiet time you know where I'm in reflection mm -hmm. I'm in my journal I'm kind of writing out what's going on in my mind um, just to get it out there on paper and then a lot of times that's where I feel like I'm getting a lot of the ideas the wisdom you know for the business part of things so I'll make some notes in my journal so that way when I get to the office I can open up my journal and remember what I was thinking about that morning Nice. That's another good tip that you gave as well. Journaling. Good good yep. to write down your ideas and your thoughts, especially in what we do. It's so much that goes on in a day, so much that we interact with and and deal with that is always good when that you have that moment of reflection to definitely write those down. So great tips. Yeah. Great tips. Thank All you. right. So we are learning with Beckwith, right? <laughs> All that's right. right. Hey, that's a new podcast title. Learning with Beckwith. I like it. <laughs>
<laughs> All right. So uh, definitely great information you're giving us. Great tips on how to just, you know, stay strong, keep pushing, build these businesses that we're building. Any good books that you read to help you along the way? Gosh, you know, I already mentioned the Bible, so you always have to. That's the you best know, one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've read a lot of books, and so people ask me this all the time, and I'm always like, I don't remember the name of it or the author, but I do usually remember the one I'm reading right now. Okay. And so I'm reading one right now called um, It Takes What It Takes by Trevor Moab. Okay. Which I probably I've just totally messed that name up, and, <laughs> and I apologize because I know that's probably wrong. I am one of the worst pronunciators of last names out there. Uh -huh. Forget your losses. Forget your losses. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so what the book, the premise of it is, I'll just throw it out there, is, is I kind of mentioned some of it earlier. He talks a lot about mindset. He's a sports psychologist, works with a lot of high-level pro athletes. Okay. And he talks a lot about not necessarily being overly optimistic. Like, you need to believe that you're going to be successful, right? Right. You have to believe that. But in the midst of a, of a game and a sport or in the midst of doing business, um, being able to have a calmness and keeping it in neutral versus being overly optimistic. So he uses an example. Like if, if you're a quarterback of a team, right, mm -hmm. and it's the Super Bowl, and you're in the third quarter and you're down four touchdowns, okay, okay you believe that you can make a comeback at that point. Right, you have to believe that you're right. a pro athlete. You still Absolutely. have time on the clock. If you go into your huddle as the leader of the team, and you say, "All right, guys, this is exactly where we wanted it. This is what we planned for. We wanted to be down four touchdowns." Right? <laughs> They're gonna look at you and be like, "This guy's an idiot." Exactly. Go the other way, right? No, the mindset is, "Hey, we're down, but we can still do this." Right. And so that's what he talks a lot about: is being in a neutral mindset in this particular book of not being overly optimistic but being realistic in the situation and not being pessimistic, but realizing when you make mistakes mm -hmm. and what you need to do to correct those mistakes, but not dwelling it like I was talking about earlier. Right. Nice. nice. Yeah. So that's, that's a good one. Awesome. So do you have a quota of the amount of books you try to read a year or do you just kind of go with what works? I mean, the fact that you read is to me is great. Um, that's something I'm working on this year. Reading yeah. books. I outside of my Bible, like actually reading some books to help me. So so you know me really well. Yes. I set unrealistic goals in all areas of my life. Absolutely. And so every year I go into the year and set a book goal. Okay. Now I will say audio books count as books. Yes, okay. So do. if anybody listening right now was struggling with that, that counts. <laughs> um, so I typically will be reading a book like the old fashioned way on the iPad, you know, okay. very old fashioned. Um, or <laughs> I don't know if that's old fashioned, <laughs> but okay. And listening to a book because I spend a lot of time in the car, mm -hmm. and so um, or working out, and so I'll pop the one on that I'm listening when I can, and then I'll read the one in the morning when I have that quiet time. Okay. Or it, actually, anytime I have free time, um, because to be honest with you, at night my wife controls the remote. So a lot of times I don't like those shows, so I'll just start reading books. So nice. um, it works. But um, so I do every year I go into it. So this year my goal is to read two a month. Okay. Um, so I will tell you I'm on track right now nice. for the first month. Um, and so uh, that's my goal. Last year I had the same goal and I came up short. But I think I did read 15 books last year. Wow. Was the total. So, again, I set a goal. Of 24, I hit 15. But I do think reading is important. And even if you only read one book a year, it's better than no books. And Absolutely. so I think that's good. That's great because my goal is two for the year. So two a month <laughs> is phenomenal. <laughs> and I can tell you right now, I am 
falling short of that goal because yeah. I haven't even started one. But I've got 11 months, so I'll yeah, be in there somewhere good. between now and then. <laughs> so um, you've given us some really good positive tips on you know where you are, how you've got there. What I'm interested in knowing, I guess probably because I know you and I know the business that we're in, but tell us about times when things were not so great. Right. Yeah. They didn't look so much on the up and up and yeah. how you, what did you do? How are you feeling? And then how did you press past that? Man, that's a lot. Um, <laughs> I think anytime you're in any particular business, you're going to experience ups and downs, things you can't control, things you could have controlled, things you could have done better. Right. And so, you know, when I think back to the challenges uh, in, in my career, I think my mindset has been different during each one of them, and mm -hmm. I've learned from the previous one. Okay. So, uh, when I first got into the mortgage business, uh, I felt a lot of uh, a lot of pressure to provide for the family, right. and so I basically just outworked everybody. And out working hard is, is a good um, um, quality to have. Absolutely. Uh, but not at the expense of my marriage, and not at the expense of my family. Right. And so. You know, that almost crashed and burned. Thank God that, you know, things uh, were able to, to get right. To rebound, um, yeah. My wife's amazing. Uh, I'm gonna is. I'm going to have her on the podcast soon because she's be much awesome. wiser than me. So that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I'm going to. She's, and as soon as I can get her to do it, actually, she's way busier than me. So getting her in here <laughs> is tough. So, um, so I think, you know, just having the right mindset. I think when we, when COVID first hit, and that's the most recent Mm -hmm. uh, tough time that I can refer back to is when COVID first hit and everybody was quarantined, the brakes were put on in our world. Right. And for a lot of businesses, honestly, it was like nobody's leaving their house. So real estate sales um, basically just stopped. Right. And Absolutely. so for me, what my mindset was, okay, what can I control right now? Mm -hmm. And so what I tried to do was, was, figure out ways to keep my team engaged because everybody's working from home now right. and we hadn't really done that before. Um, and then on top of that, find ways to, to keep business rolling in, at least if it was something's better than nothing. Right. Um, and so we just came up with different business strategies within the context of the world we lived in at that time. Mm -hmm. Right. And there was, there was a month, maybe six weeks where we didn't know what was going to happen. And honestly, I just had to give it all to God and just say, listen, I can't control this. Right. I trust you. And whatever you, you know, whatever your will is in this situation, I'll make the best out of it. And I think that was really my mindset going to it. And then after six weeks, all of a sudden the market exploded and we didn't have, then we had other problems. Right. <laughs> the lack of business wasn't a problem. It was figuring out how to get all that business closed smoothly, which is absolutely. a different, whole different conversation. But yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So mainly anytime you went through trying times, um, just referring back to all the things you said, you kept a good mindset, Yep. but then also too, that you learn how to really give it all to God. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say I didn't do that at the beginning of my career. And it Same. causes so much stress and anxiety. And I just learned it's just not worth it. There's just so many things we can't control. Absolutely. And when you start getting worried about those things, it'll send you down a bad path. Absolutely. And then another important thing that you said that I think is really good for new loan officers, new business owners or entrepreneurs is balance. I think um, you, probably myself especially, when we first started in our careers, we knew not of balance. We didn't have balance. You were taught... Work, 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 work. You know, he who works the hardest, he who comes in and opens the door and closes the doors yeah. at night. 
you know, you're the one that's going to be successful. And that can ultimately lead to a person burning out and just you get to a point where you throw up your hands. So do you feel like realizing, you know, you had your family to keep you grounded and realizing that certain things were not worth the expense of your family, that balance probably came in a lot quicker for you than it could for some. So do you think that played a pivotal role also and really even in your success? Yeah, I've been burned out, I mean, more times than I can count. And really, I just had to learn, again, that there I didn't have control anyways. Mm -hmm. And so um, trying to do it all myself and trying to stay up until midnight or whatever um, to get the job done was more detrimental than it was helpful. And, and it's reverse. Most people don't think like that. Mm -hmm. They think the opposite, but it's actually the reverse. It, it's actually better when you take the time to think about what you're thinking about, not always working, evaluate what you're doing. And mm -hmm. you can't do that if you're constantly doing the job. So it doesn't matter what kind of business you're in. Obviously, we're, we lend money, right? right. When, and we try to get people into houses with loans, but it doesn't matter. If you're doing that job as a loan officer or real estate agent or you know a contractor, if you're actually in it all the time, you know you wake up at six, you get home at nine, you eat dinner, and you go to bed. There is no time in there for you um, to plan, right. to build a team, to train people, to do all the things you need to do to have a long-term successful business. And it took me a while to figure it out. Um, but with that, it also allowed you to, to build in that balance. Absolutely. And you need that time to rest. Absolutely. Yeah. Clear your mind. Got to. One of the biggest things. Your mind is one of your biggest assets. So if it's not clear, how can you use it? So. Well, awesome. Again, so many gems you're giving us right now, so many great tips and tools that you're giving us. Thank I you. want to move into you today as a leader. Okay. Um, you are one of the most uh, stoic leaders that I know. Definitely. Stoic. <laughs> I think that's a good description. You are. That is a good description. You, you definitely are. I've got um, a funny story about that, and you can continue your question. So okay. recently... I was meeting, uh, I was with a real estate agent and we were meeting a builder. So she wanted me there to help, you know, convince the builder to use her for the, for the listings and, you know, obviously for us for the, for the mortgage. And, okay. and before he got there, she's like, I'm going to need you to get a little bit more excited. And I was like, <laughs> I was like trust me, I'll be fine. <laughs> but that's, that's kind of that stoic, like mm -hmm. calm Always. that you're talking about so go ahead i didn't mean to interrupt no you, you're fine but yes you i mean proving my point as well i've known you for quite some time now and i remember the days where i used to come running in your office like you know the world was coming to an end everything was going to crash and you were like it'll be fine i'm like it's not going to be fine it will be fine and it always was it worked out so um again you're one of the strongest leaders that i know you've definitely stepped into a huge leadership role um even a thought leader with a lot of the things that you have brought to OVM and just to the markets in general. Um, what do you think is one of the strongest or most important personality traits, right, to be a strong leader and to step into roles of leadership? Yeah, so I think the key to maintaining, uh, I'm gonna call it neutral, I'm gonna steal it from the book, the, the mindset of not being, not, not being too excited but not being too down okay. is your expectations. Okay. Okay, so when you walk into a, a situation and I was re recently listening to a uh, sermon. This pastor's in New York, and it's actually a pretty old sermon. But so it mentions taxis. So do taxis still exist in New York, or is it just Uber? Or, I, actually, I think they do. I don't but anyway, know about New anyway. York. Probably because they have a 
few around here, so probably. Sorry, he was telling a story, <laughs> and it made me think a lot about expectations. He said, in New York, all right, he was riding in a taxi, mm. and the taxi smashed into another taxi, okay? So, the expectation, all right, in Virginia, if you smash into somebody, okay, in a car, what happens? Everybody gets out. Everybody gets out. It's a huge deal. Work. There's tears right. being shed. Correct. Right? It's, it's, it's out of control, right? What do you think they did? Probably looked at the damage and kept going. Nope. They didn't get out of their car. Oh, wow. They literally just kept going. <laughs> oh. So the expectation, all right, of the taxi driver in New York is that he's getting in an accident. That's just part of his job. It's <laughs> like, part of the day. It's okay. part of his job. And gotcha. he's getting in an accident. And so um, in Virginia, our expectation is we're not getting an accident. It doesn't happen that often. Right. right. Um, so it's a huge deal. And so the expectation of that taxi driver um, is just that's part of his job. So there's no need to get bent out of shape about it. You just move on to the next Roll thing. And so in Got our it. world, in, in our world, it's the same principle, right? We're not necessarily smashing into cars, right? Mm -hmm. But no matter what business you're in, there's things that just happen. Right. True. And I joke around all the time. There's a loan officer that works here. And those of you that work at OVM will know who I'm talking mm -hmm. about. Great guy. But he's constantly running around the office upset about something. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, hey, what are you upset about? And every time he says what it is, it's an everyday occurrence in our business. Just like the taxi driver, <laughs> they're crashing. Right. All right. Um, things are happening. Appraisals are coming in short in our world. Um, you know, the uh, agents are, are, you know, doing, making mistakes. Whatever the case is, underwriters are giving conditions that don't make any sense, right? There's no point I've learned to get upset about it because it's just part of the deal. It's part of the day. It's gotcha. what we signed up for. And I, I love the taxi cab driver because that's what they signed up for. Right. You know you're getting in an accident. We know that there's going to be problems in our business. So my expectation is there's going to be problems. Gotcha. You know what? And so I know that going into it. And if there's not problems, it's a good then day. it's a big day. <laughs> it's a huge day. Right. Um, if there is problems, it's just part of the job and you learn to address it. And so I think the expectations is key when it comes to that. Got you. So being able to step into roles of leadership is being able to have not only just realistic expectations or strong expectations, but realistic expectations. Just realizing it's realistic because I don't want to say you should set your expectations low, mm -hmm. right? You should still have high expectations for performance, right? Mm -hmm. I talk a lot about that um, with my kids too. It's like you have, you set the expectation high, but you also know that there's not everything's going to go perfect, right? So. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's a great um, a great tool to have, really. That's one of the things I try and share with my team and anybody, really. Like, this is the job. Like, we know it comes with it. Just roll with the punches. It'll be okay. If it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. Yeah, just right? so you know, because I know you can't see the clock and I can. Okay. We really are. We probably have time for one more question. Awesome. So you've got to pick the best one. All right. Before we wrap up, no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> well, we already, let me see here. So I would say, what are your personal goals going forth as a leader, as um, one of the owners here at OVM Financial, as a new podcast? What are the goals for Matt Beckwith? Wow, that's good. I, I think. It's funny because we're, we're towards the beginning of the year right now. And I think it's natural for everybody always has New Year's resolutions. Mm -hmm. And really, you could do that at any point in the year, by the way. Absolutely. You don't have to wait till January to start reevaluating what your goals are. But I think it's only natural, and I naturally reevaluate things at the end of the year going into a new year. Okay. And so for me personally, I know for this year, I, I really just want to get healthier physically. 
Nice. Right? And so that's one of my, my big goals from a personal standpoint. We talked about the book goal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I read the Bible um, consistently. And I've done it. This is my third year of doing the Bible in a year plan. Right? Nice. And I'll tell you the great thing. If anyone wants to kind of be held accountable, my two best friends, we have, we're in a reading plan together. And so it's funny if somebody misses a couple days, right, which is usually me, um, they're texting me saying, hey, are you okay? What's going on? Um, but it's just a different level of accountability to make sure that we're all staying in, in the Bible together. And so those are some of my personal goals. You know, business-wise, I'm always looking to develop the team, grow the team, get them performing at a higher level, and really just trying to get everybody that works directly for me and everybody at OVM to hit their potential. Nice. Um, because everybody's got different potentials. Absolutely. I love the fact that your goal is about helping others meet their goals. So that is awesome. Yeah. Well, again, this has been great for me. Yeah. This has truly been a privilege and an honor um, to sit down with someone that I admire so much. So thank you. Well, listen, I think that, um, again, I probably said this the last time you were on, but you should have a podcast at some point, okay, <laughs> once you have time in your life to do that. I know that's not what you're focused on now, but honestly, uh, thank you so much for coming on as co-host. Absolutely. You really were the host, <laughs> you know, asking me questions. But thank you, listeners. Again, I love seeing you out um, when I run into you, and I love the feedback that you guys are giving me, so keep doing that. Um, again, like this podcast, share it with your friends if you think it'll help them. Um, but again, thank you for tuning in.